All right. Good evening. Hope you're all doing well. Today we're learning Maseches Bava Kamadaf Nuntes, and we're starting about 15 lines from the bottom of the page at the first words on the line of Ahu Gabra. <coughs> We've been discussing an interesting halachic sugya about how sometimes we don't pay exactly for the damages that we do. And the principle that we've been uh, discussing is where sometimes instead of taking the cost of an item, let's say it's $10 when sold individually, uh, and I damage that item with my animal, so then I would have maybe paid $10. The Gemara says, no, we look at the purchase price of 60 trees, and let's say it's $500, and then you divide by 60, and then you do the math accordingly, the number ends up being lower than the individual cost. That's what we've been discussing. And the Gemara now has a story that highlights this idea, or maybe not, as we will soon see. Ahu Gavr, there was a man at the Kotz Kispa Mechavre, who cut down a Kispa, Rashi, about 15 lines or so from the bottom of the Rashi, says it's a Dekel tree, uh, Mechavre. So I cut down your Dekel tree. And uh, I wanted, uh, you wanted me to pay, pay you back for the Dekel tree that I cut down. Omar the Reish Galusa said, I saw that tree. There are three trees in a row, tree number one, two, and three. And let's say I cut down your tree number three. In total, all three trees cost $100, 100 zoos. So Zil, the Reish Galusa says to me, Phil was the Mazik, Havle, you need to give to the person you damaged, Tlusin Vitlusa Vitilsa, 33 and a third. So what was the math that he did? Three trees are worth 100. So therefore, each one tree is worth 33 and a third. So the Reish Galusa said, you have to pay 33 and a third. So Omar, um, the guy said, this is not correct. I, the Mazik, said, this is actually not correct. The Reish Galusa was of Persian descent, apparently, and he was judging a, a case as it would have been adjudicated in Persia, and the rules are not exactly the same. So, they left the, uh, the Reish Galusa, and they went to Rav Nachman. No, we don't look at the cost of the tree divided by the three that were paired together, tree one, two, and three, and therefore, since three was 100, one is 33 and a third. Rather, we take... The, those three trees, and we assume that there are 57 other trees, 60, and how much would 60 of those trees cost? And then you divide to by 60 to get to the cost of one, and that's what you would have paid. So instead of paying 33 and a third, he would have paid less. Let's just say he would have paid 25. We don't know from the Gemara what the math is. So that's the upside for the mazik of paying shishim. The way to think about this is like buying, uh, is when a store has buying power, right? I remember when we were little kids, we used to shop at New York Kosher all the time. Their store was more expensive than Jewel by far. So is every other small store because Jewel is buying in such massive bulk. So if I'm a mazik and I uh, damage uh, you know, your package of corned beef, I'm not paying you back at New York kosher rates. I'm paying you back at Jewel rates. So it's a very similar idea that the Gemara is saying. When we pay back, do we pay back at the cost at regular market value for one tree? Or no, do we look at a lot of 60 units of what you damaged, then divide to get the cost of that one to pay back for the damages that I caused? I, the mazik, I want to pay back the pricing of 60, of 60 units, because it means in the end, it's going to be cheaper for me. So that's why he switched from the Reish Galusa to Rav Nachman. This poses a side question that we're not going to focus on, of are you allowed to change poskin <laughs> in the middle of a Shaila? <laughs> because apparently he asked a Shaila to the Reish Galusa. He didn't like the answer. The Mazik, he's like, this doesn't make sense. I'm going to somebody else. We are not known as Jews. We are not known for shopping for Psak. Um, it's not a game. Halacha is halacha. We have a Rav. We ask our Shailas and we move on. 
Clearly, there are scenarios. Let's say you ask a Sephardic rub, he gives you a Sephardic psak and you're an Ashkenazi Jew. Okay, then you actually ask the wrong person. Go find an Ashkenazi Jew. But these are Shilas in, in discussion. So the Gemara then says, fine. Amr le Rava, I understand what you're saying. Rava, who was a Talmud of Rav Nachman, he said, Im Amr Amono, I could understand if damages took place, if my animal caused damage, then we would use the principle of 60 units uh, in order to get that lower price for the mazik. But what if the person themselves does the damage? If I, not my animal, if I do the damage, what was the case we started with where I broke your tree? I cut it down. Or I drove a truck into it, I ruined it, whatever the case may be. Says the Gemara, Amr Abai Rava. Abai was sitting in the base medrash with Rav and says, hey, wait one second. Gufo my What do you actually hold by Nizke Gufo? Let's see. Detanya, we have a brysa. Hamavkir karmo shel chavero smadar. Let's say that you, my friend, have a smadar. You have budding grapes. They're in the early stages of development, but they're still, they look like small grapes. And I am mavkir them. I ruin your grapes. So, I do the math and I see, I do a math equation. What were they What were they worth originally? What are they now worth now? And I pay the difference. And what's missing from this brysa? We see over here that 60 units is not used when we talk about a person doing damage. We just use regular math equations. Oh, this is what it was worth before. This is what it's worth now. And I pay the subtraction. I pay the difference between the two numbers. And Shalom al Yisrael. And we have the same exact thing, which is a brysa that indicates that there is no shishim, that there is no 60 even by animals. So that's what Rava is going to push back on Abaye now and say, this is a longer brysa. And just so uh, your brain is primed as we learn this brysa, what we're going to be drawing upon is the shita of the chachamim that's found in this brysa. The brysa starts six lines from the bottom on Nun Chesimit Beis, the Tanya. The brysa reads as follows, Kitmanatia. Let's say that I cut down a sapling that you just planted. Rabbi Yossi Omer, those who established in Yerushalayim, they said, if the sapling is a year old, then that has a, 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 a value of shtei kesef. If in fact the sapling is two years old, arba kesef. So basically, uh, for year one, it's two units of silver, and year two, the sapling, if you cut it down, you have to pay for. Achla chaziz, if uh, my animal consumed some type of grain of yours, Rabbi Aglili Omer, and we're going to come back to this shita, Nidon b'meshuyar shebo. He said, what we do uh, is we look at what's left over. So let's say that um, my animal consumed some of your grain, not all of it. I look at the grain that's left. I say, hey, what kind of quality is this grain? Oh, it's worth $2 an ounce? Okay, now I'm going to do the math. If what's left over is $2 an ounce, uh, then I have to do the math for how much was consumed. How much was eaten? It was two, two ounces eaten, $2 an ounce. Perfect, $4. We do the math what equation if, that way. What if it was only, it's only sold in, you know, whatever the blocks are? Right. And you now have half a block. Does that consider that it's the whole block is gone? That's a great question. The Gemara doesn't deal with it in that way. Um, that's a good question. I don't know the answer. But here the Gemara is assuming that there's a... Let's assume a bale of hay, right? It's just an animal takes a couple of bites out. He's like, okay, I can see in the volume how much he ate. He ate two ounces. All right, so then I have to do the math. Doesn't that, the Gemara doesn't deal with your question. The Rishonim might. I, I didn't. I didn't check. So that's the sheet of Rabbi Yossi Aglili that we do this type of math equation. The Chachamim Omrim, and this is one of the sheetas that we need to see now in order to continue our Gemara. 
How was it before and how much is it now? The subtraction equation that we saw earlier in the name of Rav Yossi. And then on the top of Nuntesimadal, if we go to the next type of, uh, of vegetation, we spoke about saplings, we spoke about chaziz, which is some type of straw, and now achla smadar. What about smadar? Says the Gemara, smadar is uh, budding grapes. Here we have a machlokas as well. We view them as though they're fully grown grapes and that are ready to be harvested. So that means the smadar have a cost, uh, the, the unripe grapes have a cost of fully ripe grapes. Uh, do they make raisins out of full-size grapes or do they make raisins out of small unripe grapes? I have no idea. Yeah. Dad, what do you think? Do they do they make raisins out of full-size grapes? Probably, yeah? It's a small variety of grapes to start with. Oh. It's not Why do you know that? It's right. small. Uh -huh. but they're probably shrink to, I'll take a guess, 10 or 20% of their original volume. Mm-hmm. So, so then th those are actually, then these are different grapes because these are grapes that are in their infancy stages. They're still mm -hmm. underdeveloped. So Rabbi Yoshua on the top of Nantes Aleph says that uh, when I damage your smadar grapes, I pay for them as though they were grown, which is a very, it's a shtickle chiddish because that's not what I damaged. You're right. The potential of what the grape, of what the mini grape was, the unripe grape is that it could have been ripe. And unripe grapes sell for a dollar a pound. Ripe grapes sell for $3 a pound, whatever the case may be. Either way, Rabbi Yeshua makes this projection of what the cost of the grapes would have been, would have been once it's developed. The second time in this price, the Chachamim are present. We do a subtraction equation, and that's how we get to what we need to, to in order to make payments. Reb Shimon ben Yehuda Omer, Mishum Reb Shimon, Mishum Reb Shimon, Reb Shimon ben Yehuda says in the name of Reb Shimon, When is it that we say the din of the Chachamim of Rowan Kama Haisa Yafe, Vakama Hi Yafe? That's true, Bizman Sheachla Lulave Gifanim Vichure Te'enim. When one eats the shoots of a vine tree or the shoots of a date. Aval Achla Pagim Oboser, if one ate early stage growth, grapes or dates, Rowan Osan, Kiilu Anavim Omdosli Batser. We view them as though they are fully grown. That which is quite similar to the Shita of Rabbi Yoshua. We're going to ask the difference between them later in the Gemara. So this long brisa was meant to be a part of the discussion between, between Abaye and Rava. So let's extract from this brisa what Abaye and Rava wanted us to extract. Katani Mihas, what did we learn uh, in the middle of this brisa? We saw v'chachamim omrim, roan osan, even by an animal, we don't see Bashishim. So it says the Gemara, we have two braises, one by a person that doesn't say Bashishim, and one by animals that doesn't say Bashishim. How then would we explain these two braises? Because we know that by animals, we certainly have a din of Shishim. The Gemara says they're all Bashishim. Bashishim by the animals. In regards to a person doing damage, we also say Bashishim that we measure my damage based on what 60 units of that item would be. Amar Abaye, Rabbi Yossi Haglili, who we saw at the bottom of Nun Chesimid Beis in our Brisa, Rabbi Shmael, who is going to be a Nushita, Amru Davar Echad. They both said the same exact thing. Rabbi Yossi Haglili, Hade Amran, he said that Nidon, Vimeshuyar Shabo. And as we spoke about where Tex asked this question a few minutes ago, if uh, your animal takes a couple of bites out of a bale of hay, we measure how much is left and its value, and then we apply the value of what's left to what was consumed. That's what he says, and that's the Shita Rabbi Yossi Aglili. 
And the Gemara adds, we also see this approach in Rabbi Yishmael. Rabbi Yishmael, where do we see his opinion that he's just like Rabbi Yossi Aglili de Tanya? And we're a quarter of the way down on Testament Aleph. The Pasuk says, Metav Sadehu Metav Karmo Yishalem, that one has to pay from the best of their fields and from the best of their vineyards. Metav Sadehu Shalnizak, Umetav Karmo Shalnizak, Dibir Rabbi Shmuel. This we saw earlier in the Masechta, Andaf Vav. We also saw it in Masechah's Gitten. And the Gemara says over here that according to Rabbi Shmuel, this Pasuk comes to teach us that, the, that we measure according to the Nizak, and the Nizak has to pay, uh, we have to pay the Nizak what he deserves based on the Nizak's field as opposed to based on the Mazik's field. Rabbi Akiva Omer, It's not true. You have to only pay from Idis, from the finest of properties. This was a line that we spent time on earlier in the Masechda, which we will not be revisiting right now. Now, the Gemara is trying to show from this Brisa that Rabbi Yossi Haglili has the same approach as Rabbi Shmael in that we measure from the Meshuyar Shabbat from whatever is left over. So says the Gemara, it has to be that this brisa of Rabbi Shmuel is velo tema kerev idi bar oven. It can't be that we look at this brisa in the way that Rav idi bar oven looked at this brisa. The amr of idi bar oven kigon she'achla aruga ben ha'arugos, where my animal ate from a patch of food among your many patches in your yard, velo yad inan, but my animal ate the whole patch, and I don't know ikrusha havoi ishmena havoi. I don't know if what my animal consumed from your property is Khusha, a very weak uh, shvach type of uh, patch, or if it was shmena, a very fatty, a very uh, you know uh, a moist, excellent cut of the of the of the property. We don't know. To Amar, there we might have argued. Kum, you have to get up shlim shmena of the ikahashta. You have to pay the equivalent of uh, the shmena. And the Gemara says the hachi amrinan. We do not do that. Namely, we don't agree with Rav Idi Bar Oven's understanding of Rabbi Shmuel. My taima, why don't we agree to paying uh, the Shmena when we're unsure what my animal consumed? Because it's not fair. Hamotzi mechavero alav haraya. I could understand, says the Gemara, I could understand that I owe you money. If my animal ate a patch of your food, I definitely owe you money. But if you're unsure if my animal ate Khusha or Shmena, it's not fair that I should pay the, the Shmena cost when it might be that it was a Krusha. And you can't force me to do that because that falls into the category of Hamotzi Mechavero Alav Haraya. And therefore, the Gemara says that our, our Rebbe Yishmael cannot be like Rebbe Idi Bar Oven. Um, and therefore, says the Gemara, it must be talking about the Metav that is in front of him. Um, and that is exactly what our Shita was. Remember the Shita of Rebbe Yossi? Rabbi Yoshi's shita was that we measure based on the food that's left over. That's exactly what Rabbi Shmuel holds in his brisa, provided that we don't hold like Rabbi Idi Bar Oven's explanation of Rabbi Shmuel. Umaynihu, and what then are we measuring? Kihayich the selik, just like that which was taken, that which is left over is the one that's measured. So that's how we see that Rabbi Yossi uh, Haglili and Rabbi Shmuel both hold that we make an assumption of cost of what was consumed by based on what is left over. And halfway down, the Gemara analyzes a piece of the brisa that we just saw earlier. Amar Mar, we had seen in the brisa at the top of this page that Reb Shimon ben Yehuda Omer Mishum Reb Shimon Bamedvar Mamurim. When do we say the shita of the Chachamim? The Chachamim had said on the second line of this page, Rowan Kama Haisa Yafe Yafe. The classic subtraction equation in order to see how much one is Chayavin. So we had said, When is that true? When one ate only the shoots of either um, uh, grapes or dates. 
Hasmadar, what's implied from that line of the Brisa? What's implied is that if it wasn't fully grown yet, if it was only smadar, if it was only budding grapes, then we had the implication is that we would look at the smadar as though they were fully grown. That's one diuk. The problem is Ema Seifa, that in the Seifa we don't say that. What does it say in the Seifa? The Seifa says, if one ate dates or grapes in their very early development stages, only then do we assume that we um, we assess their value as though they were fully grown. Hasmadar, but had it been budding grapes, then So the Resha has a diuk that we look at the smadar as though they're fully grown. The Seifa has a diuk that we don't look at the smadar as though they're fully grown. So we're not sure based on the implications of the Resha and the Seifa as to how we should assess a smadar. Do we say that um, grapes that are just budding, are they similar to fully grown grapes because that's their potential? Or no, do we evaluate them by Asher Husham at whatever stage of growth they're at? Amaravina, two thirds of the way down, six lines before the wide lines on Nuntas. But Aleph, Ravina says, Kiroch Vatani. We actually need to just tie these two Marimakomos together, the Resha and the Seifa, and then things will be very clear. And let's learn what that looks like. The Gemara says, How do we properly understand these two Brisas? The Gemara says as follows Bizman when is it true, like the Chachamim say, that um, we, we say, Rowan, Kama, Haisa, Yafa, Kama, Hiyafa, the classic subtraction equation? So the Gemara says, that's Bizman Shachlu, Lulav, when you only eat the shoots. Aval Achla, Smadar, if you ate either Smadar, Pagan, Obosar, anything that it's in its early stages of development. So here we combine the two, which is how we solve the problem of the Diuk. So then the Gemara says, then the Gemara says, Rowan Osan Anavin Omdos Then we have the full cost of um then we have the full cost of the item, even though it's in a smadar stage. That's how much we would charge. Ihachi says the Gemara, if this is true, and this is a bit of a nuanced question to develop, but the Gemara says in very short words, Rib Shimon ben Yehuda, Hainu Rabbi Yoshua. It therefore seems to be that Rabbi Yoshua, whose name we saw earlier, is very similar to the Shita of Reb Shimon ben Yehuda. So the Gemara responds, there's a difference between them. What is the difference between Reb Yeshua, Reb Shimon ben Yehuda, and uh, Reb Yeshua? If there is a weakening of the goof, what does this mean? Take a look at Rashi. Rashi is a little bit more than halfway down. Rashi says, that we have to reduce from the cost of what I owe you. This is fascinating. So the Gemara says that they both seem to agree about smadar. That if you have a grape that's in its early phases of growth, and I damage those, so my halachic obligation is to pay you back the cost of those things as though they were fully grown. The difference between Rabbi Yoshua and Rabbi Shimon ben Yehuda is whether or not we lower the total payout when we uh, think about how much the vines themselves will shrivel over the course of time because the grapes are constantly being yonic, they're constantly drawing lichluch, they're constantly drawing moisture from the vine, the vines wither over the course of time, and therefore, the Gemara says, that's the difference between them. However, 
The Gemara says on the last line, Velo Mesayme, but we don't know if Rabbi Shimon ben Yehuda holds of Kach Kufna or Rabbi, Rabbi Yoshua holds of Kach Kufna. We're not sure which one. Abaye argues and says, look, I agree to the difference between them as Kach Kufna, but I disagree that we don't know who's who. We know exactly who's who. Abaye Omar, Mesayme u Mesayme. We absolutely know who's who. Man Tana Dechayish Lekach Kufna. Who is the Tana that is concerned about the shriveling of the vines, because between today and when it's smadar, the vines are robust and rich and moist. But by the time it's going to be fully ripe, the vines are going to be shriveled and hardened wood and don't won't have a lot of water left. Who's concerned about that? Reb Shimon ben Yehudahi. And where do we see this? In a completely different Mari Makom. The Gemara says on the first of the long lines, the Tanya, Reb Shimon ben Yehuda Omer Mishum Reb Shimon ben Menasya. Ones, eno mishalem es hatsar. If a man were to violate a woman, he's not obligated to pay the tsar that she undergoes. He's obligated to pay her for the violation, but he's not obligated to pay her for the pain of Tashmash Amita. Why? Because that's inevitable in her life, says the Gemara. Because when she gets married, she would have had to go through the process of Tashmash Amita that would cause for Dam Besulim. Because she's going to go through that process anyways down the road, you can't bill for that now. That's an experience that she would have had one way or the other. So if a man violates a woman, he has to pay 50 shkalim, whatever the amount of payment is. But he doesn't have the, the punishment of tsar, the physical tsar, because the physical tsar would have been replicated. Boshes, yes. Ripui, all the other things, yes. Just not tsar, because that tsar would have happened down the road. What if the tsar wouldn't have happened down the road? The kash kufna, then he would have been accountable. That's how we see Rabbi Ben Yehuda holds of kash kufna. Amrulo, the Chachamim said back to Rav Shem ben Yehuda, I totally disagree because they felt that fundamentally Tashmash Amita as an ones, when, when a woman is violated, is more painful than Tashmash Amita Biratzon. And that's what the Gemara's distinction is here now, three lines down into the wide lines. Amrulo, Eino Doma Niv Elis Biratzon, Niv Elis Ones. There's no comparison. Someone who is violated, that's not biratzon. It's not benachas. It's not. It's, there's no. There's nothing mutual here. It's it, it it's painful. When it's biratzon, is a whole different ballgame. So therefore, you can't compare the, the chachamim completely argue with the shita of Rav Shimon ben Yehuda. Nevertheless, we do see that Rav Shimon ben Yehuda is con, is concerned about the shita of Kashkufna. The Gemara says, Amar Abayi Abaye. Hani Tanoi, we have other Tanoim, Vireb Shimon ben Yehuda, Amru Davar Echad, who all say the same thing, that they're concerned about Kach Kufna. They're concerned when they make their fin financial calculations of what I owe to reduce any witherings or any um, you know, secondary issues that may come about. How so? Reb Shimon ben Yehuda had the Amran was the case of the violation where he held that you don't pay for the Tsar because she was going to experience that same, same Tsar by her husband. The Chachamim argued, but that was a Shit of Reb Shimon ben Yehuda. And Hani Tanoi Maihi, who are the other Tanoim who agree with Rav Shem and Ben Yehuda? The Gemara says, the Tanya, we have a brisa. Rabbi Yossi Omer Nechi Chaya. He says, we reduce the cost of a Chaya. This is talking about a case where a woman uh, um, gave birth. Ben Azai Omer Nechi Mizonos. No, we're talking about Mizonos. Manda Amar Nechi Chaya. According to the one who says, we reduce the cost of a Chaya. All the more so, he would say that we reduce Mizonos. That perhaps we wouldn't say that a woman uh, would have anyways delivered a baby at a later point because the Amar lay, there are some women out there like this. I've met them as a Moel. My wife is, is a rock. She doesn't need anyone to help her give birth. You know, like the women who give birth without like taking an epidural 
au natural, you know, total pain like Chava. So there are people like that. They don't want midwives. They want to do it the way that the Lord intended. Uh, you know, you're going to have a hard time having kids. There are people like that. So maybe she would never have to pay for a chaya. So maybe they don't agree with the svaras of one another. And therefore, these tanayim, they do agree that there is kichash uh, kufna, uh, but the question is, how do we do the math? Okay. Let's talk about psak. How do we paskin in a lot of these sugyas? Rav Papa v'Rav Huna b'Reid Rav Yoshua Avud Uvda Kavaseid Rav Nachman b'Shishim. They paskin that we do that we do utilize shishim. That we when I cause damage, then I have to look at what I damaged when it's being sold in units of sixty, and then divide accordingly. Lishnachrina. There's another version of this. Rav Papa v'Rav Huna b'Reid Rav Yoshua Shamu Dikla Agav Ketina Daara. They had a little bit of a different opinion that they would assess shamu. They would assess the dikla agav ketina daara. Uh, as it relates to uh, something that got damaged based on the ground, and it's a, a local assessment and not shishim. We paskin like them in regards to dikla de arma, an Aramean, an Aramean, Aramean type of dekel. The Reish Galusa, remember who we started with today, who said that it, the trees were 33 and a third. We don't look at 60 units. We just look at the units themselves. The dikla parsa. The halachos are different with a Persian tree. Those were much more expensive. So there, we didn't want to we didn't want to change the pricing too much, and we stuck to um, whatever we saw in front of us, which is the three that were planted together. Last two words on the page: the Gemara says Eliezer Zeira, the small Eliezer. Havasayim misane ukme. He was wearing black shoes. Rashi says minhagavelim. Today, many of us wear black shoes. My Shabbos shoes are always black. So the, the Gemara says that that's a simon of Avelus for Yerushalayim. Little did I know. When you buy shoes from Nordstrom's and they're black, they're dress shoes and they're leather. These are not minagavelim, what we're wearing. They had a shoe. They had a particular shoe that was black back in the day that was kind of like Ke'ilu Crocs during Shiva would have been the equivalent, you know, that kind of a thing where you can't wear leather. He was out in public in the Shuk in Narada. The people who were from the Reish Galusa's, uh, from the Exilarch's home, the, the local police, they found Eliezer Zeira. They found him. Why are you wearing these black shoes? You're not in Avelis. My heart is broken for Yerushalayim. We all feel like that all day, every day right now. Everybody feels that way. My heart is broken for Yerushalayim. Amrulei, they said to him, At chashivas le'isabule Yerushalayim, you're so chashiv that you can publicly display your affection for Yerushalayim. Savor you are rahava. They thought he was being a Baal Gaiva. So they arrested him. As yuha They brought him in and they imprisoned him. So says the Gemara. Amar lehu, Eliezer says to them, Gavaraba anna, you should know that I'm a pretty learned person. I'm not stama guy. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big rabbi. So they said, How are we supposed to know if you're a big rabbi? You got you have to take a bechina. So Amar Lehui said, well, either you can ask me a question, or I can ask you a question, whichever you prefer. But I can show you that I'm not stamayid. I'm a, I'm a rav and I'm allowed to wear these black shoes and you've imprisoned me incorrectly. They said to him, you ask a question. He said to the men, let's see how knowledgeable you are. If somebody cuts down a kufra tree, what do they pay? They pay the cost of the kufra. Uh, they pay the cost of the price. Eliezer um, 
what was that nickname they called him? Zeira. Eliezer Zeira said back to them, that's actually not the case. There's going to be dates on this tree. Okay, so then they changed their answer. I'm really fine. Mishalim Dumei Tamri. Okay, I guess pay the cost of dates. So Amr Luhu, V'halav Tamari Shakalmine. You took Kufra, which is unripe dates, and you just said now that you're going to pay the full cost of dates. Which one is it? Pick. It's not what you took. What you took is Kufra. You took unripe, and you're paying ripe. So which one is it? Amr Luhu, Eimalon At. So then they said to Eliezer, we don't know. You tell us what the answer is. Amr Luhu, Bishishim. You have no idea what you're talking about. I'm the big rabbi. Stop putting me in jail for things I shouldn't be put in jail for. We measure against 60 units of a tree like this. You've measured completely wrong. Who says like you? So Shmuel was still alive. Go ask him and find out what happened. They sent the Shiloh to Shmuel. This would be the verification that the person that they've imprisoned was wrongfully imprisoned. And so much so much so that this actually happened. Second of the wide lines. And we'll be stopping at the Mishnah closer to the bottom of the page. The Gemara says that Shmuel responded, Shapir ka'amar luchu b'shishim. He said, right, and then they let him out of prison and he was allowed to go about wearing his black shoes. Fascinating story. What's wrong with showing Avelus of Yerushalayim? So the Gemara said it was Yuara. They thought he was just being haughty. I don't know. It doesn't sound like haughtiness to me to be Miss Abel with Yerushalayim. I don't know. I'm, I'm missing something. But Yuara is found throughout Shas. What? That's for sure true. And they were much closer to the Khurban than we were. When was this? This was 200 years after the Chorban Beis HaMikdash. They knew people. If they were 80 years old, they might have known people who were who were like the children of. I don't know. They weren't there. But uh, 200 years is too long for, for two generations. Yeah, but it could have also been in the Mamakim that only the, the big Rabbanim wore those black shoes. Clearly. My question was about why is it considered Yuara? Why is it considered Gaiba to wear them? Everyone should be misabel on your shalim. No, but if it was only that the big rabbanim were wearing it, you're making a statement that you're one of the big rabbanim. Yeah. But if it's you, I wrote, then why doesn't that apply to the rabbanim? No, because that's that's the accepted thing, that only the rabbanim... Right, you're saying it was the standard. Yeah. Yeah, I think the answer is something like that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, third of the way down, second of the wide lines at the two dots. We had learned in the Gemara of Shimon, Omer, Achla, Peros, Gemurin. We had learned that if um, people ate fully grown fruits, that they have to pay the full cost of the groups uh, of the fruit, and we don't do units of 60. Why? My taima, because Hada Amar, when the Pasuk said, Hada Amar Rachmana, when the Pasuk says, which we saw the other day, that we measure against another field, when do we say that? Hanimili. That's only true if the thing is still growing. But if the fruits are fully developed already and ready to pluck, they don't even need the sada anymore. They don't need the nourishment from the ground. And therefore, measuring against fields doesn't make any sense. And says the Gemara, Hani, these fully grown fruits, because they don't need the field itself, they have to be paid for whatever their full cost is, which is a larger cost for the masik. We don't have the units of 60, the bulk purchasing uh, math equation. You just pay for whatever you ate. Amar of Huna bar Chia, Amar of Yirmiya bar Abba. Dan Rav Kirab Meir, Upasa Kilchasa Kirab Shimon. There was a case where Rav adjudicated like Rav Meir, uh, yet really the Psak is like Rav Shimon. What does this mean? So says the Gemara halfway down. Dan Rav Kirab Meir. When did Rav hold like Rav Meir? 
the Gemara says, Titania, in regards to a woman's ksuba, we know that a woman always has rights to her husband's properties as lien for her ksuba. If her husband sells his properties that were to be a lien for her ksuba, she's allowed to go to those people and say, here's my ksuba. Too bad. You have to give me uh, give me back what my ex-husband sold to you. So if he sold two pieces of property, that's the case in our brisa. If in regards to the first property, um, the husband tries to sell it and the woman doesn't agree. She doesn't sign off on it. And then and then he sells a second piece of property and she does sign on it. So then she loses everything. Why does she lose her ksuba? Because after she let the first property uh, stay alive, when she said about the second one, I'm willing to give it up, now she signed away everything because she had what to take in the second property. But now that you've given away the second property, it's megala that you clearly don't care for the money in your ksuba. That's Shitas Rav Meir. Rav Yehuda Omer, Yechola Hisha Tomar, she could argue that that's not true. I was just being pleasant. But Lamaisa, I still, of course, deserve my ksuba. And what was the case where Rav was Pasak Kirib Shimon? Upasak Ilchasak Kirib Shimon. Where does Rav hold like Rib Shimon? Kihad, it's not like the Mishnah. The Mishnah says, Rav Shimon Omer, Achla peros gemurin mishalemesh peros gemurin, that if a person eats fully grown fruit, fruit, uh, fruit, he has to pay the cost of fully grown fruit. Im sa'asa, im sa'asayim, sa'asayim. Whatever the units are, they are, and we don't divide by 60 full units because that only applies where something is still being nourished from the ground. A new Mishnah, two-thirds of the way down, will stop in six or seven lines at the next Mishnah. Let's say I make a gadish, I make a pile of fruit in your yard, but without your permission. And then, and then your animal who lives in that field started to eat from my pile of food. Putter, you, the Bala Sadeh, who owns an animal, your putter, because you never gave me permission to be there. Your animal is consuming food that's normal for him to consume because he's an animal. And uh, you never gave me permission, so you're not chayim. I, I lose out. If damages took place, if your animal got hurt on my fruit, then I, the Bal Hagadish, I have to pay for that because, again, I basically put a boar in your rishus. If I built a pile of property, a pile on your property, but with permission, then you would be held accountable for your animal eating my food. Says the Gemara, perhaps it's the case. Maybe this is not like Shitas Rebbe. Maybe our Mishnah disagrees with, Reb, with Rebbe. How so? The Ike Rebbe, if in fact it was like Rebbe, because he holds that it has to be until the Baal Habayis is Mikabal Shmira. Papa, not necessarily true. We're dealing with a middleman whose job it was to watch over the field. And the middleman says, sure, you can put this in this other person's property. I take Achrayas. Since he says, go and please put this in the field, that the other guy will watch it. This middleman took responsibility and therefore uh, it is not Akasha on the Gemara about Rebbe. And perhaps it could even be according to Rebbe. Should we just learn one more piece? Let's stop here because it'll be a cleaner start for tomorrow night. We'll stop right here at the Mishnah, seven or eight lines from the bottom of Nun Testament base. Wishing you all a beautiful night.